Coming up, a deliciously creepy novel about cursed apples. A mystery with washed-up British Secret Service agents. Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. Today, we've got a guest coming in to share his distraction of the week. If you like word puzzles, I think you're going to enjoy it. His name is Craig, and he's the co-host of the podcast Overdue. You might recall that we had his cohort, Andrew, as our guest a few weeks ago. And we recently appeared on their show to talk about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. (sighs) (laughs) I'm just going to admit right here and now that Fear and Loathing was not a good fit for me. But I loved our conversation with Andrew and Craig. They made me appreciate that book, even if I know in the dark corners of my heart I will never like it. Yeah, my experience has been in this and other places that you don't need a book that everyone loves to have a good book club. I mean, it's probably better if everyone doesn't love it, right? Then there's something to talk about. Yeah. So if you're curious about what Mel sounds like when she doesn't like a book. (laughs) I was trying to be polite. (laughs) So I didn't say I hated it. Yeah. But you can head over to that podcast and and give a listen. And you are going to hear from Craig a little bit later in this episode. But first, we're going to talk about two new titles. Mel, what have you got? Chuck Wendig. I love Chuck Wendig. Yes. Is an American author who lives in Pennsylvania. Yep. And he often sets his books there. I first learned about him through his blog, Terrible Minds, and he used to be very active on Twitter until Twitter turned into a hellscape. Yeah. He's intelligent and very funny, but also has a big heart. His blog makes me laugh like a lot. Yeah. He curses a lot, which I really enjoy, but he also cuts to the core of meaningful issues like artificial intelligence, the writing life, the perils of social media, COVID-19. So he's talking about very serious issues, and you're laughing your butt off. Yeah. Basically, he's a smarty pants who seems to be a genuinely good soul. He is very good about helping new writers. He is very generous. If you are curious about the work involved in writing a novel, his site will will point to many, many resources, and he has a whole lot of words himself about the same subject. For such a nice person, he writes some really dark books. Yeah. like. He has an apocalyptic novel called Wanderers that people love. I haven't read that one yet. And he has a supernatural family drama called The Book of Accidents. Like Stephen King, he creates characters you care about and then really messes with them. In addition to his horror novels, he's also written comics, games, and fantasy novels. And he wrote Star Wars Aftermath, which was a New York Times bestseller. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. His latest is Black River Orchard. And I feel like this is a book only he could have written because aside from being funny and a great writer, he is obsessed with apples. Is he now? Yes. He wrote in his author's note that previously he did not like apples, which I kind of get. If all you're eating is like a red delicious from the grocery store. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. But he discovered heirloom apples from small orchards. And that kicked off the idea for this story and his love affair with Tasty Apples. This book, Black River Orchard, is about apples that are so irresistibly delicious, they ruin everyone's lives. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we meet the residents of a small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And even before the whole apple situation, 
Each of them is haunted by something in their history. It's a really compelling ensemble cast that's anchored by a feisty teenage girl and her father. There's also a character who kind of feels like a modern-day Johnny Appleseed, but he is a past with a capital P. There's a lesbian couple from the city who are trying to make a fresh start after a tragedy. And there's a free-spirited woman named Joni who has the town clutching at its proverbial pearls. The most influential character in the book are these deadly ruby slipper apples. But even though it's about the apples, it's also about family secrets and the snobbiness you can find in small towns. It's a special kind of looking down your nose at people Yeah, in these tiny communities. There's a demon, there's a cult, and there's an apple orchard that feels like it's sentient. But for all of that creepiness and weirdness, the story is ultimately about love and family. I devoured this book. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. And I really loved it. I really, really loved it. It's gleefully sinister and delightfully disturbing and so moving in a few parts, I got a little teary-eyed. And even though this is probably going to sound weird (laughs) because the apples... They're really cursed, man. Yeah. They are some cursed apples. I was hungry for apple cake and applesauce like the whole time. (laughs) This is Black River Orchard by Chuck Wendig. Also worth noting, he is doing a book tour around the United States, and there will be apples from local orchards. Probably not cursed. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can meet Chuck in person. Mick Heron is a British author of mysteries and thrillers. You might know him from the Slough House series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was adapted into a TV series called Slow Horses. The books and the series are about a group of disgraced and demoted British intelligence officers. They are still MI5, but they've been tossed out of the main office and exiled to a broken-down building called Slough House. You might wind up in Slough House if you're good at your job, but unlikable. <laughs> or if you've made a mistake that isn't quite career-ending, but is pretty close. Mm-hmm. As a team, they're a very imperfect family tasked with some genuinely awful hand-me-down missions. We watched two seasons of the series starring Gary Oldman and Kristen Scott Thomas this summer. And this series is great. If you enjoy spy stories with a British twist, give it a chance. I really enjoyed the found family aspects, even though most of the time they all act like they don't like each other. Oh, strongly. Yeah. Yeah. The dialogue in particular is really fun to listen to. It is sharp and it's funny. Gary Oldman's character is somehow horrible and lovable at the same time. He's working some voodoo there. Yeah. The author has a new book out. It's called The Secret Hours. This is not a slow horses book. It's a standalone novel, and it's set mainly in Cold War Berlin. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. The primary thread is about a 1994 mission that's gone horribly wrong. The timeline switches back and forth between then and now as two agents try to save their careers by figuring out what happened almost 30 years ago. There is said to be dark humor and a smart plot. It's not hard to imagine either of those things. The opening chapter has one of the best chase scenes I remember reading maybe ever. He's really good at writing openings. I read the first chapter of the first Slow Horses book, and it sucked me right in. Yeah, same. 
I am really looking forward to reading the rest of this one. It came out about two weeks ago. It's The Secret Hours by Mick Heron. And now our distraction of the week. We're here with Andrew and Craig from the Overdue Podcast. Craig, I understand you've got a great distraction of the week for us. I think I do. It is the one of the new games from the New York Times game section called Connections. As we are recording it, uh, recording this right now, it has been running for 80 or so puzzles, um, and it is structured similar to Wordle, which kind of took the world by storm, you know, I guess over a year, maybe, was it quite two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, that was, you know, an independent project that was picked up by the Times. Uh, and so they've created a new game that is, it has that daily puzzle thing that you like from a crossword or from maybe the spelling bee or something like that. But it is, I was drawn to it because it feels like a single player version of Code Names, which is a board game that's been very popular for the last few years that involves. Yeah, I love Code Names. Yeah, it's like, you know, kind of team-based password, but you're also guessing multiple words at a time with, you know, the words you're using to link things together. Uh, So what it is, I'll I'll just zoom out here. It is a 16-block grid where each block has a word on it, and you are tasked with making four groups of four based on categories that you don't know about. It is a mix of wordplay, literal grouping. It might be like word blank. And so you have to find the shared blank between the, you know, the four words. Mm. But you don't know that at any given time. And so you have four guesses that you can get wrong. And whenever you get a category right, uh, it tells you what the category was. And then you're left with the remaining 12, 8, or 4 selections. That sounds pretty um, fun. So, yeah, it's it's neat. It's got the same uh, sharing, me- not a mechanic. It's not part of the game, but it's part of the social aspect of it where you can create a little emoji grid of the colored squares for each category that you can then text to somebody. You can put it in you know whatever group chat or, or Discord server you're in. I'm in two different servers right now that each have like a daily check-in <laughs> where people just... You just see somebody's blocks. And what's neat is... Each category has its own color. So if you know what the puzzle is, you can then see, oh, wow, they got the automatic transmission settings category (laughs) first. And then they got the different types of chairs category last. But maybe you did it in reverse or something like that. So, yeah, it's a fun. I don't always have time to sit down and like do a full crossword or have the brain energy at the end of the Mm -hmm. day to do it. And this kind of gets some of that you know, in, in a wordle way, right? Where right. it's like, I want to do that part of that thing with my brain, but I don't want to do all of that thing. And yeah, it's really fun. And it's easy to do on like multiple devices and all that kind of stuff. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more info about the Overdue podcast, the word game Connections, and all the books we discussed today. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.